The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Well, good afternoon to one and all. It's time for another edition of Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King of Alliance Career Training Solutions. And let's find out... What's on Edward's mind on this last Saturday in the month of February 2022? Hello, Edward. Hi, Mark. Thank you so very much. You know, so much is going on right now. I mean, literally in just 13 months under the new Biden administration, I think world order is collapsing as we know it. Um, And the other thing, too, is, you know, today we have some special guests that we are going to bring on the show in just this minute. And I did want to recap for the purpose of today's show, you know, what do the political elites stand for? And the unfortunate nature of it is basically it's contrary to the will of the American public. And so let's kind of just recap before we get into our our wonderful guest, what the political elites stand for. First, as we all know, they've been pushing and supporting mask and vaccine mandates. And what's turned into is these masks have become the new religion. You know, oftentimes just driving around the, the roads or the highways here in Monterey County, you'll see a few zealots wearing masks while completely alone in their car. The, the elites continue to support and push critical race theory. You know, this is a new form of discrimination. And what's funny is we have been fighting against this alongside with Martin Luther King since the 60s, and yet they're bringing it back today. You know, our local congressperson has become Pelosi's whip. He's literally joined the Progressive Caucus, AOC, the squad, and everything that they represent. And this is not the person that we elected two terms ago. Look at how even the voters and the left-leaning parents in San Francisco have put their foot down and have made their feelings known, kicking out three school board members who are big proponents of CRT, and they're radicals, and they have set up rules against the children that they are supposed to serve. But at least even this left-leaning population of San Francisco has recognized the poison that is going on. And I want everybody to remember that this progressiveness is actually regressive, and we're basically going back to the days of slavery. The political elites push for open borders. They've been allowing criminals, terrorists, and drugs into our communities. They want to abolish ICE, and they're there, set there to protect us and to protect our country. They want to defend the police. They want to undermine the rule of law by instilling radical DAs in major cities throughout our country. And on top of that, they want to create new laws that basically imprison us and destroy freedom of speech. They support BLM and all the riots, Antifa and all the violence. And then what they do is they instill rules for us, like masks and other things, but it's only for us and not for them. They've been pushing and trying to abolish the Electoral College, which gives equal voice to each state equally in national elections. So that way, you know, two states like California and New York can't rule the country. Recently, this past year, they've signed the Green New Deal, which literally is hog-tying our American businesses and the American energy independence, which we had just one year ago. And I ask you, guess who pays the ultimate price for this? 
you and I. The public pays the price, while China and Russia have a free ride. The political elites take away gun ownership rights. Only criminals will have the guns, and those criminals are the government. The Second Amendment was in, put into our Constitution to protect the people from a runaway government, because that's what we were revolting against when England was ruling America. And again, reminding you, the Second Amendment protects the individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with the service in the militia and to use that arm for traditional lawful purposes, such as self-defense within your home. There have been supporting, these are the elites supporting small business lockdowns while allowing things like Home Depot and other major supporters of their political agenda have opened doors and continue business unimpeded by the rules. The political elites support more regulations on our farmers and even on our migrant workers. They've been locking down schools and literally killing generation of children for the hope of education and their future. And lastly, they've been restricting freedom of religion because religion provides a balance of family, God, and good moral and ethical things, and they don't like that. So what I want to do now is I want to introduce to you our guest that we're really excited to have. And this person is jumped into the fray of running for Congress here in District 20, I believe. 19. They keep changing it on me. All right. <laughs> and uh, so I'd like to introduce Dalila Epperson. Yes. Welcome to our radio show. I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you, Edward. You're Thank very you. welcome. And then Drea, who is her media Direct. champ, director. Yes. Say hello. 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 It's good to have you both. Thank you. So um, I don't want to be in the way. I want you to have, Dalila, an opportunity to share your thoughts and positions and what it is you're offering the voters of District 19 oh. in the upcoming event election. Thank you. My platform on my website, dalilaforcongress.com, is really clear and concise. First of all, no mandates, period. They are going after our children like never before. No mandates. We should have medical choice, always choice. I mean, wasn't America built for that very reason? Their founding fathers, the Constitution, mm -hmm. to protect those sovereign rights? Mm -hmm. No mandates, school choice. That's number one. Back the blue. With the open borders and the fentanyl, which, by the way, killed more young people, over 100,000 last year, than COVID. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need to build the wall. We need to finish that because what has happened with these current policies is the cartels are getting stronger and wealthier and they're moving north. Mm -hmm. Human trafficking is off the chart. Mm -hmm. The drugs, especially fentanyl, off the chart. So yes, we do have to lock our doors at night. A lot of people like those fences around their houses, mm -hmm. keep their children and their animals protected. It's yeah. just common sense. Right. Back the blue, fund our police because they're the ones out there protecting us. Mm -hmm. It's common sense. Mm -hmm. Most of my platform, you'll see, 
It's very straightforward. And if there's something on there that you have a question about, please subscribe to my website. Ask me the questions. I'm available. I am not a politician. I am grassroots. I'm a mom. I'm a wife and very concerned citizen over everything that's happening. Yeah. So how long have you lived here in our area? I have been in the Monterey County for five and a half years now. Mm-hmm. I came from South San Jose. I was there since 1995, South San Jose to 2016, and then I moved up to Monterey County. Yeah. And, Great. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned about being able to, the individuals, voters can reach out and talk to you. Do you have any upcoming events coming that they can meet you in person? Yes, I have a mommy meet on March 9th. It's going to be in Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. So I have a calendar on my website as well. Okay. Everything will be listed there. And then right after that, I have a March 19th. And that is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's also going to be in Pebble Beach. Okay. So I'll have all the information on the calendar. Okay. So <clears throat> how do people get into Pebble Beach? They have to go through which gate? PG gate or the Carmel gate? Or I mean, what's the access point? We'll have information sent to them as they RSVP for the event. Um, It's going to be at a private residence, so we will give that information once we we get the RSVP. All right. I was just trying to help people get a a mindset of how to get in there. Because Pebble Beach, you know, is kind of confusing, especially Uh, when it's solid fog. The the residents (laughs) that live there get lost going home. (laughs) We Um, will definitely, when you RSVP, you'll get the very precise information. Okay. Yes. All right. So you got a calendar, you've got some events going on, Mm -hmm. which is very good. I don't know what a mommy meet is. I've never been a mommy. (laughs) And um, I have no plans on becoming a mommy (laughs) in the near future. So let's go back to some of the issues that no, got you all excited about running. Um, when was it that you decided that you really needed to get actively involved just from the beginning? And then all of a sudden it probably evolved into you stepping up and wanting to fill the shoes for our, our people here in the county. Yes. Thank you so much. So I can clearly see, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. where I can clearly see that the last over 20 years has been a compilation of where it led me today. Um, I've been grassroots active for decades, over 20 years, um, with churches, with uh, singular groups like anti-human trafficking groups at Free Monterey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, what happened last June was it just wasn't enough. Our leaders do not listen to us, and even further, they don't care. They just don't care what's going on over here. All these policies coming out of Sacramento and D.C., they're hurting us. They're hurting small businesses. They're hurting middle class, especially. They're hurting all of us in one way or another. In June, I started to attend the school board meetings in Salinas. And wow, we were ridiculed. We were disrespected. Uh, We actually had the superintendent in uh, Salinas High School actually was playing the violin the air violin while we spoke to him really that's disrespectful i mean i could tell you some stories so i continued we continued to attend the school board meetings we continued to get disrespected shut out Mm -hmm. told to leave and we i can tell you by the end of june 
I threw my hat in. I said, I am going to run for Congress. I'm going to run against my opponent who no longer represents us. Mm-hmm. He's just not the same guy he was two terms ago. Mm-hmm. So that alongside with, I continue to write to our leaders against these progressive legislation, yeah. continue to call them, leave voicemails and talk to their uh their their assistance mm-hmm. again nobody is listening mm-hmm. i write to the letters uh to the editors of all of our local papers and they publish them a lot of them too actually last week monterey herald just published one if you look to uh letters to the editor mm-hmm. Great. so there's a lot of things that i have been actively doing and as of january this year Uh, I took all of January and I went to 467 small businesses personally, walked into them, gave them my flyer, introduced myself to them, Mm -hmm. told them I was running for Congress and I want to, I want to represent them. And I gave them a flyer that really shows the contrast between me and my opponent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had such an overwhelming positive response. And I, now I went through all of District 19 from a, a Tescadero to Boulder Creek. Such an overwhelming positive response. They, I'd say over 90%, they didn't even ask me which party I represented. Because as I've come to realize, just working in uh, grassroots, mm-hmm. party affiliation, political affiliation, it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone is mad about something. No. Everyone. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of the old saying, the silent majority. Yes. Because, oh, so silent. Yeah. And, you know, the silent majority is not limited to one party. You know, it's it's not a conservative movement. What it is, is a freedom movement. Yes. That comes from people who have their eyes opened about many different things. Yes. You know, our school boards are out of control. The quality of education for some time has been very bad. You know, I'm in education, and you're going to hit me with some numbers in a minute, but I'll just give you my general uh, numbers. I was looking over the last couple of years. We went from California, the number one education state back in the 70s, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s. We were were the golden state. Yes. We could do no wrong because we had a two-party system. We had a 50 Republican, 50 Democrat. And so, in essence, because that there was a balance, they were able to actually wrestle into the right solution. They prioritized children's education. They prioritized um, law and order. They prioritized good freeways and roads. And the only mistake we made was pollution. And then we fortunately have resolved that in many, many different ways. Now, one of the things that is impacting, and I've been doing a number of radio shows, if you've been hearing me over the last month, relevant to critical race theory, being taught to kindergartners by the use of transvestites twerping in libraries and just the perversion of the sexuality of, you know, for fourth graders and giving everybody a choice to become a binary or, or you know, an alternative to what they were born as. What do you, what's your position on critical race theory? What have you experienced? Okay, so I have, that was one of the main things I had started with, was going to the school boards to speak out and oppose critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And 
it is pretty horrifying if you look at the curriculum. And here's another thing. Can you look at the curriculum? Is it easy to get? Mm-hmm. Actually, no. Yeah. You have to ask for the curriculum. You have to ask for videos. You have to ask for video clips. You have to ask who is coming to speak to my child today. Mm-hmm. They're usually going to be from Planned Parenthood. You have to ask for supplementals. So you have to almost be an, a private investigator yeah. to walk into that school office and ask for all these different types. Why is that? Why are they so diehard to hide this from us? When you get that information and you start reading what's inside critical race theory, mm-hmm. you will be horrified. And that's why parents are standing up across the country and recalling these school boards. Yeah. And that's why that happened in in uh, San Francisco. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is what, this is really, that is our heart. That is such our heart that there's a couple of people on my campaign team that have dedicated themselves that if you want to run for school board, they will teach you. They will help you. They will guide you. That's within my own campaign team. Mm-hmm. So please contact me if you're interested. Yeah. <laughs> and. I, I totally agree that the critical race theory and the sexualization of our youth is is poison. Yes. And even though the stay-at-home mandates that went on for the last two years, uh, the one good thing that came from that is that parents were watching the Zoom classes and in all cases were appalled, literally appalled. Now, not all teachers are bad. I, I have no. friends of mine. I know people by interviews that there are good teachers out there. The problem is they can't stand up for themselves and speak their truth because they're threatened, they're fired, they're a number of bad things. And Repercussions. I, yes. And, you know, the, the thing about evil is it doesn't like the light. And the light is shining the light. And that's what we're talking about at the school board level. We're talking about, you know, in this health programs that are being inundated in our schools at the lowest level, the youngest level. So the light of truth gives us as parents and grandparents the opportunity to recognize what is going on. And once you do see what's going on, you wake up. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, no, Libertarian, absolutely or non-party not. affiliated. Parents recognize the damage that is being done. The other thing, too, that school boards are doing is they have decided that it is their right to educate your children, and the parents have no rights to educate your children. Oh, yes, that's right. That is correct. And don't think anything otherwise. Mm-hmm. Do not give them any grace on that because they truly feel, and this is coming from the teachers' unions, yeah. that's their kid. They will teach them what they please. And parents, you need to step aside and let us do our job. Yeah, yeah. Can I give you some numbers? Oh, yeah, really quick. Oh, sure. so parents, here's another reason to homeschool your child. School proficiency. School proficiency numbers, this is 2020 to 2021. This, these numbers I'm going to give you, they, these, uh, the percentage met or exceeded standard. Okay. This is for California. For science, the percentage of children who met or exceeded 28.72%. For math, 33.76%. For English, 49.01%. Mm-hmm. 
if and, you can and this what grade level is this at this is a total this is from kindergarten to high school mm-hmm. this is the proficiency tests that they take um it's there's one at eighth grade and there's one at twelfth grade. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. So yes, so these are the overall st- stati- stats that they do. Yeah, so. statistic. Now, what's interesting about your numbers is uh, I was part of a program when I first came here because my mom was in need of support because she was old. She's not old anymore. And um, so I got myself involved with a um, an investigation, an, an effort, an outreach with CSUMB United Way. And they did. They went out and looked at all 19 high schools, looked at uh, graduation rates. They, they looked at the placement tests for Hartnell and MPC and CSUMB. So they were looking at the, the incoming freshmen and, and they, they have a test for placement, right? Which grade level of English or math or whatever, so that they can put you in the right class. And, you know, what was interesting, and this was some years ago, so probably six, seven years ago, these numbers are from, there was a 90% failure rate of incoming freshmen into Hartnell. Oh. So that they had to go to remedial education. There was a 65% failure at MPC, which is interesting because that draws from, you know, the Carmel, Pacific Grove, Monterey, Seaside. So, you know, theoretically a better, uh, a higher economic group of people. Mm -hmm. And CSUMB had a 60% failure. That's and that's the cream, that's the cream of the crop. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when they were looking at the test scores at 12th grade, you know, what they found out that the reading level, of um, students was eighth grade, fifth month. So they weren't oh. even at graduation. They weren't even at ninth grade reading level. And and this was a combined average of all the students. So obviously there are some 12 and there are also some at third grade reading level. And their uh, math skills was seventh grade, first month. Oh my and this was with diploma. So they were already being passed through to the junior colleges. And I had a couple of friends of mine that were uh, junior college and college professors. And they were just, they didn't know what to, they were beside themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't teach college level classes and curriculum if they can't read or write exactly and, and they can't read or write and the i think part of the problem was that the parents were no longer participating in their children's education and as as a whole what they're doing is they are saying well the the, the schools are responsible for educating my child so i'll drop them off and pick them up and hopefully they'll get something to eat when they're there and and that was the extent of parental Involvement now. There are certain ethnic groups that have education as a very, very high requirement for their children. Yes, and um, so those groups weren't affected by it. So that when they because and I'm not going to mention them because everybody knows what they are anyway. So when they went into college, they were you know years ahead mm-hmm. of the in essence, the other students that were coming in from other areas. And it, it is very, very sad, but that was the qual- lack of quality of education. But what we've added to that now is the CRT thing. And the CRT thing teaches discrimination. Yes, right? yes. yes. We've lost the word of equality and replaced it with the word equity. So, you know, we're embarrassing certain groups like the whites and others that are Asians that um, 
as it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is we give passes to other ethnicities yes, so that we don't require that they have any math skills or any reading skills. They don't have the ability to speak proper English. And yet, we're, then we're setting them up for failure by putting them in college without the preparation that they need. And, and then they're passing them through college because they're allowing them to, to approach college with uh, either athletics, which is a total pass, mm. or they get you know, a, a dumbed-down education that when they graduate, there's not a job out there for them, and they have no preparation. I remember we had a student that graduated from CSUMB, and I'm, and I'm not picking on CSUMB, actually, because they have some great programs like the um, PA program, physical uh, prof- what is it? Physician assistant is a great mm. program. Okay. So the mom and dad, the mom specifically said to her daughter at the day of graduation, well, great, you can go out and get a job. And the daughter said this, said, mom, they didn't teach me anything that would allow me to get a job. I don't know what to do. And she brought him to our school because we have a career training school that we did up through the time of, of COVID. And it was just really sad. And we see lots of kids, 20-year-olds, 18, 20, 25, that were coming into our our classrooms, and they couldn't read or write. There you go. And, you know, we're trying to teach them work-ready skills, and they don't have basic ability to do. Now, what else about critical race theory, before we move on to a new subject, uh, should be known by our parents, and especially our grandparents? Anything? Okay, so not only is it divisive, as in they're teaching your child right from the get-go to look at somebody's skin color and to judge them by it. Mm-hmm. So these children who don't see color, especially these preschool, we're talking in preschool too, yeah. critical race theory is not a class. You need to understand critical race theory is an infiltration of information that is within math, science, English, every single class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We ha- and also, even, even if we said, okay, no critical race theory, we have banned it. Yeah. There is already a list of teachers who have signed a petition within California that, that they have stated, if critical race theory is banned, I will still teach it. Yeah, not surprised. So there's that. So you really do have to be a private investigator if you want your child to continue to go to school. And listen, it is not just public school. It is within the private school school system. Please don't think because your child is going to a Christian school or a private school that it's not there. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it is. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, the the thing that I think people don't recognize right now about churches is that churches are not morally based anymore, and they're not based on the Bible. And in essence, the, the, you know, the belief system has been corrupted within churches, and more so in the big churches than your little neighborhood churches or the new, you know, where someone is starting up churches that are based on the Bible and based on you know, whatever other things that they, that they do. But so you're correct about the private schools. Yes, the, the I know. Robert Louis Stevenson, the York, the, what's the woman's one, the girl's one that's over there by Highway 68. There's a school over there. Madonna. 
Uh, Madonna probably on the list. But Notre there's Dame. A, there's another one. That's in Salinas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame and Palma. Right. Okay, so good point. Yes. Critical race theory and, and the way you have something to I say? I just wanted to bring light to the, um, the local uh, Spreckles oh. uh, critical race theory. Remember how much you helped out with that and how the Epic Times came out and wanted to interview you at your home all the way from New York just because of a school board meeting you attended there and what you talked about. Do you mind? Correct. That was in, um, yes, the last couple months ago I did. I really went to town speaking at mm-hmm. Spreckles because of what had happened to Jessica's daughter. <clears throat> so, my focus there was the sex education, and it is brought to you by Planned Parenthood and the ACLU. Mm-hmm. And right there, think about that. The ACLU, what do they have to do with sex education within the education system? Well, they are. They're yeah. there. So, I was there. I was telling I was speaking, and what happened was Epic Times got the video footage, and they called me up, and they ended up coming to my home and interviewing me in my home, and it's Joshua Phillip. So, that was pretty exciting. That was awesome because the information is getting out there. Yeah. It really is. It's it's a combination as usual, it's not just one thing. It's critical race theory, but it's the sex ed. And I was mm-hmm. on an anti-human trafficking team. And as soon as I heard even a little bit about this sex education, I recognized it as grooming. Mm-hmm. There is no other word for this. Yeah. Right. There is no reason in the world to teach a child how to have sex, how to take certain drugs, and it will enhance your sex life. Mm-hmm. What in the world are they thinking? What in the world is this? So that's where I was coming from. I mean, some of the stuff that they were teaching them, I had to look it up on the internet. I'm a grandmother. I had to look this up, the sex things that they were teaching the kids on the internet to find out what it was. It's that bad. So parents. So so in terms of an action for grandparents and parents, the the suggestion that I can kind of pull from our conversation so far is number one participation yes with the child's or the grandchild's active class what class are they in who is the teacher need to go to parent teacher meetings need to ask for additional parent teachers secondly you need to go to the school board meetings yes actually just go go just go make it a part of date night maybe. But go to the them and see them consistently. And when you see something that you disagree with, stand up at the mic and talk. Now, yes, it's true. There's a lot of pushback from this critical race theory and, and the propaganda that goes along with it. And there has been personal attacks, threats that have gone against parents across our country. Even conservative states like Texas has been suffering this because, you know, the poison and the evil is intentional. This is not just local schools coming up with this. This has come down from, you know, the National School Board Association. It's come down from, you mentioned the number of groups right there, and it is poison. So the only way for you to participate and fight is to get educated, parents and grandparents, and to participate. Now, the next step is school board elections. 
when you have school board elections in your community, you have to find out who these people are. And the problem with this is that unlike our moral and ethical belief that politicians don't lie, politicians do lie. And this school perversion in the school boards has been going on for 20 and 30 years. This is not something that's just recent. And so you actually, the best way to deal with it is to find or yourself run for school board. Yes, please run uh, for school board. Run for school board. That's what we need to do. The people who are have been woken up to this critical race theory, these people that are recognizing that their children are graduating from college with no skill sets, no life skill sets. Mm-hmm. We don't, we no longer teach economics in schools. We don't teach personal finance. You know, we, we have kids that are 20 and 30 years old, don't know how to use a checkbook, don't know how to pay their bills. They don't understand paying their bills and they'd rather live in their parents' basements. And that has never been what America is made of. Never. 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 Not what? to mention the yes. suicidal, the suicide rates. I mean, at, in college, Yeah, I work at, at a college, I won't name a name, but, mm-hmm. and it's very upsetting to know, you know, within the CSU yeah. and UC system, you know, uh, community colleges. And then after they, like you said, they, they receive their, their credentials. It's hard for them to find a job. And then they go through this depression and I've actually seen it within our family. Yeah. So it happens and it's, it's very sad. sad. So sad. So sad to the point that our own children, we would rather them go to a community college than a, than a big, a big, big boy. Yeah, yeah. That's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah. And it's, and it's perverted all the way to like Harvard's. You know, I mean, there there is no safe college to go. Now, there's the Hillsborough, Hills something, or other, maybe Mark will remember the name of that college. Hillsdale. Hillsdale. Thank you very much. And there are some other colleges that are very worth you just making the effort and send your kids there. Yes. Because they're going to be taught the Constitution. What a unique idea. <laughs> and they're going to be taught skills that will allow them to find a job. And uh, right. just recently in a radio program, you know, I shared the list of the top 10 graduate degrees. It actually leads to jobs. And it also leads to jobs where you get paid more than the cost of the education that you got. Because there are a number of people, my, my youngest daughter being one of them, graduated from University of Colorado Boulder. And she went into women's studies. And I'm like, no, go to uh, accounting, get a degree in accounting. <laughs> Something, yes. So she was um, you know, resentful from being told and she didn't do it. She got a degree in women's studies or some crazy thing like that. And I used to call it, oh, you're going to go to basket weaving classes, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it was a four-year oh, debate. No. She graduated from college and for eight years couldn't get a job. So oh. she was waiting staff, you know, she was a wait staff and she was a part-time uh, bartender. And uh, then I found out through the, my other kids that she had gotten a job as a bookkeeper. Oh. And then she ended up being uh-huh. an accountant. And uh, uh, it took a long time for my young daughter to admit that, you know, she had made a mistake and she had been influenced by the counselors at the high school, the counselors in the colleges who want to steal their future from them. Yes. And we as parents, the only thing we can do is to actively get involved and and then find out what the truth is. Exactly. So. I want to jump over to some legislation that yes. in regards to uh, what they're doing in our schools. So there is 
AB 1797. It's an immunization registry. Now, we already know that uh, California vaccine has a registry, the CARE program, but this is going to be part of the uh, COVID-19 mm-hmm. vaccination mm-hmm. is going to be part of that. That is going to be across the board, every single school, private or otherwise, you will have to have your COVID-19 vaccination for your child to attend any school. And that's something I really wanted to put out there. Please, parents, start looking at the legislation that's coming down the pipeline because you will be also horrified for that. There's two others. Before you say the two others, um, there's ways that you can get a, a, a religious exemption or a medical exemption from the vaccine. And personally, my son, so proud of him, he filled out a religious exemption for a community college, a local one. And, you know, they didn't pass it at first because they said he was too political with his response by saying, my God doesn't allow me to get something forced into my body, which I don't believe in. They said that's too political. So they called him. They didn't send him an email. And I thought this was funny because they didn't want any paper trail, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. But they called him to advise him over the phone that please say that you cannot take the vaccine due to having aborted fetal tissue in there. So I'm surprised that they told him what to say in the light. Hmm. But I was happy that they didn't deny him because Mm -hmm. if he then didn't receive that medical exemption, he wasn't going to attend until things. That's how much of a mama bear I am. Yep. Yeah. Mama bears are awesome. There's there's another legislative thing that attacks doctors. Yes. You have that one. Oh my goodness. Yes. And uh, and just for people to listen and hear this in the future, these things are available on your website, I'm assuming. But let's talk about the AB, whatever it is, for forcing doctors to not have the luxury of using their own brain Mm -hmm. and standing out about the facts that they know and not the things that they've been told to think. So which which one is that? This is really bad. AB 2098 for physicians and surgeons. It's called the unprofessional conduct. If they find out that the doctors said anything negative, misinformation against the COVID-19, they will lose their license. It's the direct monitoring of doctors and how they treat their patients. You thought insurance companies were bad? Mm-hmm. These, this is legislation. This is law. This would be law if it gets voted in. Yeah. AB 2098, physicians and, ger- and uh, surgeons will be told what and what not to say and do and how to treat their patients. And the threat is that they will lose their license and their livelihood after going through eight years of medical school, after being the experts. Because I'll just mention this, legislators and their team of supporters are not doctors. They're also not experts. And they are based on a total political agenda. Now, keep going. And there's one other thing that you have, one other law law that is attempting to be passed oh there's a whole list of them please go to your uh, government site and and just type in these numbers that i'm giving Mm -hmm. you and it'll come up so for for minors and for schools you've got sb 866 
So your 12-year-old, if this passes, will be able to get any kind of vaccination they want without your parents' consent. Mm -hmm. That's SB 866. And then, of course, we have SB 871, where all students will be mandated, all students. And there's one for your businesses, small businesses, all businesses. They actually have a legislation coming through, AB 1993, that will require your employer to be the vaccination uh, dictator. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they will have to see your vaccination passport in order to hire you or to keep you as an employee. Mm -hmm. It makes the employers responsible to monitor their employees' vaccination status. That's AB 1993. So please, I know it's a lot, I know, but we have to continue to wake up and see where this unbalance of the one party has led us. Mm -hmm. So we have two parties for a reason. It's a marriage of the two parties. It balances things out. So no matter what party you're in, you have to recognize that two parties will balance things out, like Mm -hmm. a husband and a wife. When you only have one, it's topsy-turvy it imbalances it and and like edward said this has been going on for decades Mm -hmm. we have to bring in the second party to balance things off that's good iron sharpens iron Mm -hmm. well the the other thing too and i've said this before probably the most effective way to clean house at the local and at the state level and federal level as well is that we literally just have to vote out every incumbent and it, it would be, it doesn't matter which party. Does not matter which party, vote them out. Because they they have literally taken the elitism, and it's all about me, meaning me, the legislator, and to our own benefit, and heck with the population, the general population. Because anybody, anybody here within our radio show can, I ask you one question, are we better off now than we were a year ago? You know, are we, we are no longer energy independent. Nope. The uh, pipelines that the administration has shut down, the um, limits on actually going out and discovering new oil and petroleum and natural gas sources, and the closure of our already existing sources of energy, Mm -hmm. the continuation of the inflation that did not exist one year ago. We didn't have inflation. And the sad th- sad thing is the numbers that the government are giving us, 7% and all of that stuff, are woefully underreported. Oh, yeah. And each one of us can easily go to the grocery store. And we can see that the meat price has doubled, the shelves are empty, and blaming it on truckers the people who are actually doing all the heavy lifting is is just horrifying in my opinion the inflation at the gas pump you know my gas cost now a, a full tank of gas is double the price of what it was just six eight months ago and double is not seven percent Guess what, guys? Double is a hundred percent inflation rate and what's interesting uh, if you actually dig in the way they produce the inflation rate numbers just 10 years ago, the government has bastardized their calculations. Hmm. And what they do is, is when 
even their own numbers look bad, they go and try to find an alternative source and no longer use like steak. Well, we're now going to go to hamburger and then we're going to go to a hamburger quality that is really, really low because that hasn't grown to 25-50% like the regular hamburger. So we're going to use that in our numbers. And so I encourage you as an individual, don't survive on Google because Google is a lie. You have to find an alternative or you have to dig down to page two or three on Google to find out what really is going on. Now, another big part of your um, campaign promises and your direction is is to support the police. You mentioned that support Border Patrol. Yes. Uh, but let's go back to the, the police, our sheriff and so forth. And one of the things that I'm going to tie us into is it really matters who the sheriff is. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. The sheriff has got to say publicly, loudly, I support the Constitution yeah. and I will stand on the Constitution. Right. I will enforce the Constitution. So if there are laws that come down the pipeline that do not uh, go coincide with the Constitution, I will not enforce them. And I've actually been interviewing a couple of uh potential sheriffs, sheriff candidates. Okay. And I make sure that they are not going to be the mask police because mm-hmm. that's not a law, mm-hmm. never was, and that they support the Constitution 100%. And one of the first questions I ask is, what about a CCW? How do you feel about that? And that's a conceal and carry. And, uh, and I asked, um, actually, Jeff Hoyne, and that's H-O-Y-N-E. I asked him, he's a candidate for sheriff, Monterey, what about that? And I said, I, if I want my CCW, I would say because I'm running for public office. And he said, I'll do you one better. How about you come to me? I want my CCW because I want to protect myself. I want to protect my home and family. There you go. You've got it. Hmm. Now, that is the answer that I will get on board with every single time because that's our 2A amendment. That mm-hmm. is should have never been infringed. It is so regulated and, and infringed upon in California, and I am part of the CRPA, that it's a disgrace at this point. Look, what you're doing is you're taking guns away from honest, legal citizens, mm-hmm. and you're allowing the bad guys to keep their guns because their guns are unregistered. And there's new legislation coming out, by the way. They want to have all information for everybody who has a registered gun and they want it to be public. They do not want that information to be kept private. And that's just crazy. Why, if if I want to register a gun, why is that information gets to be public? Well, that way the criminals know what address to go to steal the gun. That's really pretty much the easy part of it. But, you know, getting back to our our police, the the effort of defunding the police, um, what's interesting that I've noticed is that some of our political elite, including the BLM people and and others that are radically against the police. Like my opponent who supports BLM and has defunded the police. Yes. They're they're hiring their own personal protection (laughs) because, you know, and building bigger walls and around their homes and having personal protection. And yet at the same time, they don't want to protect the poorer neighborhoods who are the ones that suffer the most when we have no police. Exactly. And, you know, the alternative, the opposite of it would be to increase funding for our police, put our police 
on foot or on bicycles in the neighborhoods, allow them to be safe there so that there's two or three of them so that, you know, a crazy guy won't run up and shoot him in the head, which is going on. Yes. And what's interesting is the poor neighborhoods want the police. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. They they want to be able to protect their children so that they can play in their backyard or run around the neighborhood. And yet the elites, the far left progressives, which is regressive, they want to steal safety from the people that they say they represent. So what is going on here in our tri-county area, Monterey, Santa Cruz, and I guess it's San Luis Obispo, that's Tascadero, that's south of Monterey County. Yes, yes, and Paso Robles. And Paso Robles, Mm -hmm. yes. So what's going on? I I know we have a sheriff's election coming up, Mm -hmm. but more important, what's going on at the county levels in terms of funding for our safety and protection people? Oh, yes. So my opponent uh, signed the reimagining bill, which essentially defunds the police. Mm -hmm. Salinas defunded their police last year, $1.4 million. Mm -hmm. And then we have the 2019 bill that says no bail for a certain amount of we call it the smash and grab bill. Yeah. Yeah. $950 and under you basically you don't even really get arrested. I mean, Police officers have said, I can't even finish the paperwork, and I see the criminal walking back out the door. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that my opponent has happily signed on to. Now it is. And supports, by the way. And supports, fully, 100% supports. If you go to his website, he supports BLM, he supports everything. But where was he when the American cities were burning down in 2020 by BLM? Not a word. Um, Did he say anything about the more than billion dollars that was lost in burned small businesses and other buildings including a police precinct not a word mm-hmm. what about the hundreds of police officers severely injured because of these policies not a word so he just no longer supports us mm-hmm. he doesn't represent us he definitely doesn't support the police mm-hmm. and i'm very much looking forward to my first ride along uh, with Del Rey Oaks in March 7th. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue ride-alongs as long as they'll, Monterey will have me and everybody else. So I'm waiting for that. But meanwhile, we have to support our police. There's just no other way around it. When Carmel has a smash and grab, Carmel Valley, yeah. uh, Carmel by the sea, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes, they got away. So you can't... We cannot continue this way. And yes, of course, it's always the poorest neighborhoods will suffer the most. Oh, yeah, because, you know, right now with like San Francisco being an example, you know, the Walgreens, CVS, you know, the yeah. medication that people need, uh, they're closing their stores because they can't battle the crime that is going on. And, you know, you mentioned the 950 arbitrary dollar amount. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is they're rolling into, you know, fancy dancy purse places and Apple stores and all of that and running out with tens and tens of thousands of dollars right in front of them. And no one is doing anything about it. Yeah. And the, the police are denied access, the ability to do their job. And, you know, the problem is, Those costs and losses that occur for the businesses end up having to be paid for by who? 
us again. Oh, yes. You know, in terms of increased taxes and increased costs and with the devaluation of our money because they're printing money like Nazi Germany oh, yeah, did. Monopoly. And, and they did in Argentina during the collapse in Venezuela, which is ongoing communism like our, our political elite want. And things are going very bad. Now, before we run out of time, you have so many different topics that, um, that you have put and, and highlighted on your election campaign. What, what else is really important? Because we have about three more minutes to go. Okay. And I know I used to say, let's look at Venezuela. Let's look at Australia, mm-hmm. the current. But now I say, look at Canada. Oh, yeah. Look at Trudeau. Look mm-hmm. what he did. Look what he's doing. That's here in America. So much so, a couple days ago, we went to the Freedom People's Convoy in Barstow. Down south. Yes, Mm -hmm. we were there. It was amazing. It was fantastic. And hundreds and hundreds of trucks and people were gathered. And they wanted to make sure we all knew. Mm -hmm. And it was out there in the public media that it's peaceful. It's They're filled with grace. And they're just going to convoy convoy across America because no longer can you just say, oh, look way over there at Venezuela. No, I say you look at Canada. Mm-hmm. look what's happening there. That's what we have to look forward to and more. And it's already here. It's the policies instituted here have, are already here. Mm-hmm. They are so backwards and so weak that the whole world, we can s- firmly say now that Ukraine has been invaded, that the whole world is suffering because of our weakness mm-hmm. Our the policies well, even our vice president is pay, paying the bails of criminals, BLM and Antifa people, and she's proud of that fact. Oh, yes. And there's something extremely wrong with the fact that the American public is just allowing and accepting these things to go on. So, you have something more? No, I was just, I was just wanted to cheerlead you on and say, yes, Kamala Harris uh, said the riots were a great thing and helped rioters bail out of jail personally. And did my opponent repudiate BLM rioters who killed and burned in America? No, he did not. I'd like to invite any listener locally here in the Monterey Bay, Tri-County, to Window on the Bay this Saturday. There's going to be a free um, freedom rally put on by some great grassroots groups, and they're going to be able to meet Dalila uh, there from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. this Saturday, Window on the Bay. Well, I want to thank you, Dalila. Epperson, running for Congress here in District 19, I guess, 2019, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) and get out and vote and participate in your local school boards and find out what your children are being taught or your grandchildren. Do not forget. And again, I want to thank you very much, and hopefully we'll have you back again if you have time because you're a very, very busy person. And Mark, I want to thank you for doing a great job on the other end of our show. You're welcome, Edward. And folks, thanks for listening to Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King. He'll be back next Saturday between 2 and 3 p.m. again here on Power Talk. The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.